Today on episode three, we have a very special guest. She's a mother of two daughters, an author of several books, and also has a website to help promote her message. Oh, and did I forget to tell you? She's doing all of this while legally blind. I want to welcome Sabrina Constantine. Daddy, hurry up and turn on the music. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all financially? Do well-off parents simply hand their children money? Or is there more to this wealth thing? Welcome to Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. We are here to talk about everything you never knew to teach your children when it comes to starting their financial future. The principles behind wealth and methods that are out there to teach your child about personal financial freedom. There is no real trick to earning other than learning. We are here to discuss, teach, and grow with you. Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast, with your host and concerned parent, Eric Yard. Let us get right into today's show. I'm here with Sabrina Constantine. Sabrina, how are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Okay. Nice. uh, Yeah. So you live in Australia now, right? Yes. How is it over there? Oh, goodness me. It's it's spring and it's it's not bad. We do feel like it's winter at times, but yeah, we're doing okay with this virus going on in the in this time. So, Sabrina, you have a uh, an array of books and a, and a website. And the main topic we want to talk about, one book you have here is um, Budgeting 101, Empowering Children to Become Financially Independent. Yes. So, tell me, how did this all start? I actually wanted to empower my children to become financially independent. And so I decided that it would be great to also teach others. So basically then every everything that I've taught my girls, I've put it together and I've then put my youngest and she's been our little guinea pig. I really wanted to see them as because this generation are tomorrow's leaders. So basically, it was time that if we pass on the knowledge that we have or what we've been taught, then they will be financially independent. They'll be able to handle things by the time they're 25. Mm. We need to equip them now for the way things are changing, the way this world is changing. So I decided that it was time. So by the time the kids were seven, we had started teaching them. And I'm hoping that this knowledge will be passed on to others. Okay. So what is what inspired you to write this book? I would love to empower children. This is inspiration. My children my, were my inspiration, seeing on their faces the understanding. So I wanted to empower other people. I'm actually vision impaired. So it's oh. like a little bit of a, yes, so I'm vision impaired. And so I decided that it's harder at times, not just being a girl, also having a disability you work twice as hard. So you want to be able to show them, especially my children, that disability or not, we are all members of society and so we can stand on our own, we can be independent, we can contribute in how we do things if we learn. So it's the knowledge. So when you say your your, your vision is impaired, how much is it? Well, technically, I'm classified as legally blind. So I have 3% of a person's normal vision. And so I was born this way. Okay. Due to a forceps, which burned my optical nerve. 
And so it was always harder to certain things that you had to or work twice as hard to show that you could do things. By the time I actually hit year 11, I was told you need to do your year 12 in two years. So I thought that's not going to happen. So I had to persevere and I had to show that I could do things. And I wanted my children to realise that regardless, if there was anything, that you can do this. And most of all, that being financially independent means that you have the freedom to be able to do things with your money, whether you want to buy something. But if you teach them from an earlier age, at the age of seven, they have an, an understanding of what's going on, including them in everything. So what I did with the girls is I taught them the way my dad taught me. I was 11 years old when my actually my dad decided that was it. Two girls, I'm going to take them to the bank and give them their pocket money, open a passbook account because in those days it was a passbook account. Mm. So we had one of those and we would go to the bank and we would put an amount that once dad gave it to us, it will go to our passbook. And the joy of on your face when you see you can see that it's growing and you can see that you can you learn the necessities and you learn about your wants. So we started putting ten percent a percentage to towards what it is that we wanted to save, another percentage of whatever it is that we our necessities, and then we also learned about putting away in the bank and looking at the compound interest. Every time you went to the bank, they would stamp it and you could see it grow. So I did the same thing with the girls. When they were born, I opened a progress save account for the girls. And every fortnight, something will go into that. I don't know whether it's the same where you are, where at the age of 12, the kids could have an ATM card now. Mm. So here is my 12-year-old with her ATM card. And nowadays, obviously, going to the cafeteria or the canteen, they're using their cards. They, They have earlier on now. This is what's happening earlier. Kids nowadays, it's different. They have to be savvy. So teaching them from primary age is better, I believe. It's equipping them for what's going to happen next. Hmm. Wow, that is amazing. I get really passionate when it comes to financial literacy for kids. Yeah. So talking about passion, (laughs) what did it feel like when you wrote this book? Oh, my God. It was great. It was so exciting to see. Even when I finally got the book in my hand today, I've got the kids. The On the cover is actually my children. Mm-hmm. So this was very personal. If you flick through, you will find even photos of the kids, the youngest in there, because she was mm-hmm. my inspiration. Mm-hmm. I remember she was about eight, and she was going roller skating with some friends. And I said to her, you know what, I didn't have anything on me. I just gave her my card. And I said, here you go, take it. I gave her a limit of what is on the card that she could use. And she came back and she said how she felt, like not grown up, but she felt you trusted her with something. Hmm. So it's another thing too because we are giving them that trust and they're starting to learn to manage their time, manage their funds. It's great. It's like it I did like tell you I was going to say I'm a lot <laughs> It sounds like you really enjoyed it. What do you love most about teaching your daughters? The understanding on their faces, you can see you don't treat them as little kids as such, as many, not as many adults either, but the fact that you can see that you're trusting them and you're giving them that knowledge. So this is what I love. I love the fact that we sit there and we do things like that. 
uh, include them in bills, uh, include them in a lot of decisions that has to be made, basically. So they're aware of it. Yeah. I just absolutely love to see that they will know what it's all about. Great. That's, that sounds good. So what is one of the things people don't realize about financial illiteracy? What don't they realize about financial literacy? People don't realize that they need that knowledge. They need to pass it on and they also need to realize that, bear with me for a second. So they need to know how to manage and teach their children because the children learn by example. So they need to know how to manage and teach their children because they are going to be the next generation. So building a good foundation and giving them that financial knowledge so they, learn, they need to learn and pass it on. They need to teach them how to set priorities. Those are the things that, that people need to realize. Okay. What is Now, what is the best thing that has happened to you since you started on this? The best thing that's happened to me, seeing how my children are actively uh, understanding their finances. My 16-year-old has now got a part-time job mm. and she's contributing to her own phone bill. And I've said to her, basically, look, I'll pay for your phone bill and your internet. But if you want a specific phone, then you need to put some money towards your phone. So they, they're they looking at now, they're understanding if I want something, she's becoming very savvy for a 16-year-old. She's starting now to look at saving for her first car. Mm. She's <laughs> looking at insurance. She's 16 um, at the moment, but she's already planning all of that. Wow. Looking at even spreadsheets, I have something called a bills day, which is on this specific day, all the bills get paid. Sometimes I will call the kids, come and sit with me, or I will give them the chance to say, why don't you pay this bill? So including them in everything in your day-to-day of the running of it. At the moment, we've also got some trees that we need to get rid of. So I actually discussed it with the kids a few days ago, the financial repercussions of cutting down those trees, how much it's going to cost for us to get rid of those three trees, mm. um, things That's like that. Great. So we had to make a decision because somebody here absolutely loved the trees, but the trees are breaking into my concrete. <laughs> so you can right. imagine. Right. Right. So, so-, so there was a discussion. So these changes that you know that they are going through, how do you feel about these changes that they are that they are the girls somebody else correct I feel that I'm empowering those girls that if something ever happens, I know that they're going to be okay because I'm giving them that knowledge, I'm giving them the tools, and this is what parents should be doing for their children mm including them into making decisions, including giving them those tools and giving it to them from an earlier on because there are quite a lot of, a lot of millennials who hit 25, they're living off credit. They don't understand it. So technically financial literacy should be part of a school curriculum. And if that's not happening, then parents have to step in. We are our children's first teachers. And right now, you're in Australia, and you don't see this happening in Australia, right? No, this is one of the things. This is why I came up with the book in the first place. Mm-hmm. I used to look at different financial literacy books. I went and did a course in uh, a search for financial literacy because I needed to keep with the knowledge. I needed to keep gaining my knowledge. So, you know, to me, it's knowledge is power. So, then you'll be able to do the things that you want to do. 
And this is what I keep drumming into my children is you need to keep studying, you need to keep learning to find out how you're going to do things and how you can make things better for the next generation to come. So keeping on you now, tell me how your parents played a part in developing your philosophy. My dad, my dad, like I said to you, at the age of 11, basically did that with my sister and I, took us to the bank. So he gave us that background. And the other thing is knowing that I've got a philosophy, which is, well, for me, it's not, there's no such thing as I can't do unless I give it a try. And this is something that stayed with me because dad taught me that when I was a child. And yeah, so basically what he's taught me, I'm passing it on to my children. You've got to give it a go. There's no such thing as always saying, I can't. Mm. And that's what it is about empowering people with children with financial literacy, empowering them in believing in themselves. So this is where it's coming from and setting goals and setting priorities and chipping away little by little, persevering to be able to do something. Ultimately, you want to be able to say to them, by the time they're 22, they want to be looking at things. You go, you know what, you want to buy a house or you've got something behind you. Right. So I guess it's another thing of saying to those kids, some people look at money. Some people look at money as the root of all evil. So it's all to do with your perception, okay? So money is is not something that some people say to you that they love money. But it's not about loving money. It's about the freedom of what it can afford you, what it can give you, what you can do with it, whether you want to have a holiday, whether you want to spend it on technology, but you need to be able to know how to use it as well. That's how I've been, that's what I've been saying to my girls. So on that note, what does financial freedom mean to you? To me, uh, financial freedom means that I can pay off my house. I can have a holiday. I can buy my children whatever they want to do because I'm working for it. I've got it there. I've taught them how to manage their money how to save it, how to – so this is what it's all about. It's not penny-pinching. It's not robbing Peter to pay Paul. So on that same note, talking about the movie, it can't be all just peaches and cream with you teaching your daughters. So what is the biggest frustration about teaching your daughters? (laughs) Mom, you nag too much. (laughs) (laughs) I leave it. I know kids, although my kids are not millennials, they're obviously this generation, the small – what would you call them? Why is that? What is this one? They're not millennials. And the next one after that. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Z, maybe. Yeah, I believe so. You're right. So yeah. The, the thing is, mom, you act too much. And obviously this generation with some of the exposure that they do have, it's I know. The first thing you don't get a chance, you hear the word I know. And it's yes, but what is it that you, so you have to go back again and say to them, explain it to me. You, tell, you just told me, but I haven't finished the sentence. Yeah. Yes, that's one of the things because this generation do think that they know everything until there's an obstacle. And that's everything in life. It's not just about financial literacy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, bringing up kids in this day and age, it's very different to, you know, what our parents would have brought us up. It, so everything's got to be done differently. 
being more honest with them, bringing them into all your discussions when it comes to being pretty open with them. Because even in parenting, kids are going to go and do what they're going to go and do. But if they tell you, and you, whether you like it or not, if they tell you and they're honest with you and you're honest with them, then there will be that trust there. Tell me, now with your daughters, what is the biggest challenge you had to overcome in this journey? Biggest challenge, goodness me. My biggest challenge for me is the fact that I, I have a disability. I am a woman <laughs> and I have to prove twice as hard. And, and that is a big challenge because you've, you've got to prove that you even going when you even applying for jobs or doing things. So I decided that's it. I was going to follow my dream of becoming an author, regardless of empowering people, of advocating for others. So it's having to having to explain why I do what I do or especially because my vision impairment, you can't really tell that I'm vision impaired. Mm-hmm. I have my central vision, so I've got five conditions. So the challenge is always having to explain to people. It's like the unseen. It's like having a foot in both worlds, if, that's, if that makes sense. Okay. So I've grown up with people who are fully sighted so you can't really tell so you'd have people always saying can't you see this or can't you see that so these are all the challenges I've had to deal with oh I also have petimal epilepsy which was again to do with the birth trauma so I've never let these things stop me or people's perception having to be strong and that's one thing too is teaching the girls that follow your goals be strong in your conviction, in what you believe in. And, you know, always help others. So treat others the way you want to be treated. That's another thing that I've, I live by. So now, years from now, as you are teaching your your daughters uh, financial, Mm -hmm. what is your vision of how they're going to be as young adults? My vision is that they are going to be independent. They're going to be able to pass on that knowledge to others because, like I said, knowledge is meant to be shared and they're going to be able to help others. That's how I envision that they're going to be able to manage, basically. Yeah. So for us, see, one of the things that I do want to do with this book is that it's going to also have some courses that will go with it. I would like to also be teaching women from low socioeconomic background to use these spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. So we've got some free like downloadables at the back of it. We're thinking of putting down putting the course together as well within the community centers. Okay. There are a lot of women we have found that in some of the research that I've done that there are quite a lot of women who don't know how to manage their money. And the other thing I've said to the girls is being financially independent means that you don't have to ask for someone else's help because you're working for it, you understand it. You don't have to say, can I have some money to do this because you know how to manage it. You can do that. So I would really love to go out there and teach teach others, teach those women in the low socioeconomic area how to manage their funds. You've got a lot of people that need that. Mm. 
But in, in a simpler way as well, too. This is one of the things that this book was written for parents. I tried to use as, you know, as simple, to make it simple so it's easy for every, anyone who picks it up without all the jargon of that's one of the things that I wanted to do. So a, you can, a child can read this as well. So with on that note, some of uh, the games that you have in there, I have totally forgotten about them. I'm not going to give it yes. away because I want people to <laughs> find out about these games in there. Mm-hmm. But do you play any of these games with them now? Even though one um, is kind of old. Now that one is 13 and 16, mm-hmm. they're not as interested, I guess, but they do play Monopoly. And we're talking about not those, you know, new ones. I still hold the original Parker's Brothers from when I was a child. Yes. <laughs> There's a newer version? I hope not. Oh, do you know how many? There are so many, even the Harry Potter version. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. A Harry Potter version. There's it. There's a Harry Potter version. There's so many different Diff- versions. Different rules and everything? Dif- slightly different. The main thing is still the same. But in my house, we all fight for Parkland and Mayfair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is our thing. We play card games. We also This is one of the things my dad used to do with us. So we play card games, uh, the board games. We used to play even when we were just on the road. My dad used to do that with us on the road. We would, you know, do some road games as well, which is some of the things that are in the book. Right. You ask them, what would you like to do? Another thing was, and there's something there, Ella wanted a set of roller skates where she had to find ways and she was what, pretty, pretty young. She had to find ways on how to go about saving for that. If you save half, then I will pitch in the other half. How was she going to go manage that? So she went and found herself some odd jobs. And here she is, you know, a 10-year-old. <laughs> finding herself some odd jobs with her auntie, but she was starting to save her money. So then I will give her the other half of her roller skates. Would you believe at 13, this kid actually knows more about internet shopping than I do? Yeah, you got to be a right? <laughs> You're on a computer a little bit more than we are. Yeah. yeah no, I keep hearing, I keep getting parcels delivered. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> knocking on the door from the post office. I get post office. Oh, oh and she, <laughs> she does her own show, internet shopping. That's it. That's so, so interesting. Mine, so you, mine is not going to start doing any of that yet, but it's interesting that yours is already shopping online yeah. and making purchases. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, I'm so I've just become second nature now for them. Mm. I keep getting a go. It's just amazing how. The world is changing. Everything now is on the internet. And with the way things are, well, you know, you've, you've got even, I think we have Be Connected as well too. So we've got, I don't know if you have that over there, the Be Connected, um, which is turning some. Not too sure about that. <laughs> okay. So it's like some of our elderly that actually need to learn how to use the computers now because everything is going online. Teaching your children how to do go money which is your internet banking money your apps because they've all got these days they've all got iphones right <laughs> so even the the ladies that are you know elderly who are 50 and over we're actually teaching them as well with our dig- digital literacy how to go about doing their internet banking how to look at internet scams all of that and how to budget for themselves their pension how to make that work 
So there's another one that's in the pipeline is actually teaching our those who are on pension how to manage their funds so that they make it last the whole time that they get their pension for that week or the month. Oh, okay. That's another little book in the pipeline. How about that? How about that? That's interesting. Yeah. So tell me, before we wrap this up, where can people find you? Where can you go in order to uh, get more? I have a website called myellogroup.com.au. Sorry, myellogroup.com. I've got a website. And I've also got my Instagram. I have Instagram, Facebook, and also all the social different social media, media links. I'm also on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But my first point of contact would be to go on our website, so myellogroup.com. I would like to thank Sabrina Constantine for coming on the show and sharing our story. One of the three things I can take from that interview is, one, even with her handicap, she did not let that stop her from delivering her message about personal finance to her children. Two, financial literacy is just not a problem in one country. Guaranteed, if all the countries shared their methods on how to uh, solve this problem, we would have the answer sooner than later. And for three, empowering your children can give them a tremendous confidence boost when it comes to personal finance. So to end the show, please share this message of this show with other parents. And please like where you can, iTunes or any other player that you listen to. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. Stay connected with us directly through RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. You can also join the discussion on social media, which you can also find links on our website. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through info at RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time. Be kind to yourself and each other.